on Education's Ties 2018 special episode coverage. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. We have some awesome first day coverage of the Ties Conference. Super excited that was able to attend what was called EdCamp Fusion, which is basically an unconference that started or kicked off the Ties Conference on Saturday morning. Have you ever been to an unconference? Nice. I've never been to an unconference. I've never been to an ed camp. I, I've I've tried to go a couple times. It just didn't work out in the schedule. They do them up here as well. So I just haven't had the chance yet. Was it fun? Awesome? Yeah, it, they're they are super interesting because you never know what you're going to get because you actually create the schedule based upon the interests and passions and what people want to learn about in the room. Right. And right. it's it's surprising though how much how many resources get shared and how much great conversation happens. And since there's no speci- there's a person that ends up you know being the facilitator, but they're not the the speaker or anything. So there's just some great conversation around a table of of uh, educators and administrators, and you know there's you're sitting right next to people who have written all kinds of books and. Uh, and then another person that is their first year teaching. So you have, you know, a wide variety of of amazing voices to be able to add to the conversation. That, that sounds really cool. Very cool. What's cool about an ed camp sort of that format that you're talking about there is that is that you actually do get conversations based on what people really want to talk about. Exactly. And so that's probably why you find you're getting lots of resources shared because people are like, oh, well, that's what I wanted to talk about, too. So can you like what what are you doing with that? And then they say, oh, I'd love to tell you. And, and it just it's very organic, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and I mean, people are really passionate during them. And, you know, uh, you'll hear in the interview that is coming up in a little bit uh, or the interviews that basically the rules are if you don't like what you're hearing, you can just walk away <laughs> and go to a different <laughs> table, you know, and no one takes offense right. to that because you're there to get what you need, you know? And so, yeah. and, you know, it's okay to be selfish and, and want it to be valuable for you. So unlike a lot of things yeah, that are, uh, and I think it could be used. I mean, I think it'd be a very useful tool to have it as part of professional development for our teachers so as more huh. organic conversations, you know, uh, leading towards uh, specific topics, and then those can be addressed versus it being something that is a top-down agenda, you know, um, and then, right. it's, then you're going to have a harder time, you know, with people buying into it or just even people listening, <laughs> you know, to what's what's actually happening and, and, and wanting to be there, those kinds of things. So this is going to be a neat experiment for the next week or so. You are at Ties. Yes. And I am I am in snowy Barrie, Ontario, and um, and we're going to talk uh, every day, I guess, for a few minutes or every for the next few days, I guess, and kind of set up what you're going to share. You've been you're going to go around and talk to people. It's going to be exciting. I think you've got a lot of interesting, fascinating, smart people queued up to chat with. You got your mic and you got your cell phone with you and you're I think you're packed and you're good to go. This is going to be great. We're going to try to get these out every day, more or less, um, that you're there. Um, We're going to be working fast and furious to to get it all to you. And we should talk. I guess we should talk about the contest a little bit, shouldn't we? Since people are going to be. (laughs) Yes. So 
So uh, if, you're at, if you're at ties, we want you to disrupt Glenn's daily flow as best as possible. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm doing some long distance trolling of Glenn, basically. <laughs> you need to go find Glenn and you need to take a picture with him and tag tag ties, tag on education. And um, and we're going to enter you in a draw for I don't know where the cards went, but I have a. I believe I have a $50 Google Play Store gift card kicking around here somewhere. So I think that that's what the prize is going to be. And we'll just send you that in a week or two. We'll do like a random draw or something of of pictures. So I think that that's the deal. You're ready to get your picture taken with a couple hundred people. Hopefully a couple hundred people. I don't know. That would be super fun. And I hope that I get a a couple hundred people to do it. That'd be rad. Yeah, I'll just that'd be I'll, very disruptive, exactly. which would be mission accomplished. <laughs> which would be exactly troll central. <laughs> That's great. So, so yeah, you you talk to a couple people at Ed Camp. Yes. Uh, who did you Who did you talk to? So I have uh, Angie Kaltoff is someone that we've talked about on episodes before, and she actually sure. is was the organizer of this event in conjunction with the ties. Uh, staff and she runs many of these unconference ed camps so it was really interesting to hear her take on that you know and a couple of the other organizers and then even another participant uh, from one of the neighboring uh, school districts in St. Paul the St. Paul school district had a district leader there a technology leader there Um, and then we have Angie also just interviewing her kind of as a preview because she's one of the featured speakers here uh, specifically talking about coding and talking about coding and careers for young women. So she does it. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's a great interview. Yes. That's that's you'll be able to listen to right here. Next. I'm excited to hear because I haven't heard it yet. So stay tuned. When we come back, we'll have Glenn at Ed Camp with a whole bunch of really cool people. So welcome back to the show. I am super excited and happy to have uh, Angie Kaltoff with me here. And we are we just finished with Ed Camp Fusion. Angie, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself? So like Glenn said, my name is Angie Kaltoff, at Mrs. Kaltoff on Twitter. I am a former kindergarten teacher. I taught English to students who are new to our country and central Minnesota. And then I transitioned into the role of technology integration, and it's my seventh year in this role. And over the past seven years, I have discovered that I have this connection and passion to computer science education and helping kids think about their thinking and Um, I've learned a lot about computational thinking as I've dug into computer science, and now I'm trying to make connections with kids and teachers and our community and how we can bring this into more learning opportunities. I was just thinking about how we met Angie, and it's so weird. We met at the Thais conference one year. I was sitting by myself, yeah. and uh, on Twitter, I asked the question because I was going to do, I believe I was going to do a presentation on Minecraft, I think a poster presentation, and I didn't know how to automate the slides so that they actually, uh, you know, you could just press a button. They just changed automatically. And I think you responded to that on Twitter and said, hold on a second. I'll just show you. Yeah. 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 You, you put a tweet out and it was something that I thought I could help you with. And it just so happened we were 
maybe a block away from each other at that time. So we ended up meeting up together and did like a a mini type ed camp, kind of. You posed a question and I said, I can help with that. So we got together and you had your session ready by the time we were done. Yes. And so what was what's super interesting is that now I ended up where I work now. I'm only a few miles away from Angie. I'm in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota. She's in St. Cloud. And we're we're like, we basically live in the same area now and, and work uh, closely. Yeah. In the past few years at Ties, we always ended up together at some point, yes. usually for dinner or um, socializing or in a session. And, and now we get to see each other much more often. And <laughs> We had no idea that that would happen. No. How many years ago when that first tweet set out exactly. that that set up the friendship? I think that's the superpower of having of just conferences in general uh, is is that finding these people that you end up meeting and then the powerful relationships that end up resulting because of those things. Um, so I notice on the Thai schedule that you have a lot of sessions that you're going to be presenting. Uh, what are some of the sessions that you're going to be presenting and, and tell us our audience a little bit about them? Give us a little summary. Yeah, so tomorrow I have a lot dealing with computer science and coding and computational thinking. I'm starting my day working with people who work with primary age students. So about K2 is the focus, and it's thinking about how we can use robots in our classroom and coding in our classroom to help kids tell stories, but also slowing down and thinking about our thinking and what we're doing when we have these devices. So I'm using Seesaw for teachers to try a series of different activities and reflect and share resources. I'm going to use Kibo, which is a robot that is very play-based learning. Kids use wooden blocks with a barcode on them, and they put them in order, and then they scan it with the robot. So they learn that they have to have a certain sequence of blocks to get the robot to do what they want it to do. They can be creative in what they have the robot do within a within the language that the robot understands. So they can't make the robot do something that its language isn't programmed for. And so we start to think about how we use robots in our lives and and what kind of robots we could create if we could create anything. And so tomorrow is it's using the robots, but it's also using Code.org and Scratch Junior, which have programming languages for kids who don't know how to read yet, so early to non-readers, to help... Wow build that foundation at a young age. And my goal with it is that they have these experiences that they can think about as they get older. And when they have options for courses or clubs to join, they're not hearing computer science coding or robots for the first time, but they hear it. And then it triggers this memory of the projects that they've done, the things they've created to help people, the things they were able to do and the proud moments they had. And we can work on building their persistence and problem solving. So it's not just doing it because I want every kid to be a programmer, but it's doing it so kids have that experience and they can make those decisions if it's something that they want to do. So I was thinking about, Angie, that um, there is an emphasis, which there should be, about getting our young women to get into coding, right? Right from a young age. And we have Kimberly Bryant presenting as, as one of the keynote speakers on the second day. And so... What type of impact have you seen as you work with young students, especially our young little girls? Yeah, so there's a researcher I'm going to refer to, Dr. Amanda Sullivan, out of Tufts University, and her whole dissertation was on like gender stereotypes in primary classrooms and strategies that you can do as teachers to help break those stereotypes and how um, kids, they do pick up on it, and they the toys they see, the 
the influences, the role models, and what teachers talk about and what teachers teach these lessons, they all have an impact on what a young child sees and how they perceive um, STEM and coding and computer science in their lives. And that if we start young, we can help them see that anybody can do this. The stereotype now is, you know, a white male who's yes. like a hacker type. You know, yeah. you, you close your eyes and you picture a programmer and it's somebody sitting in a dark room, yes. right, with a hoodie. Yes. <laughs> and there are a lot of people who are trying to help break that so nice. that we can all see ourselves in this role if we want. Another person that has done a lot of research, uh, her name on Twitter is Pati Ru, and she did her dissertation on women in computer science and gender identity roles. And she just started at Bitsbox. So wow. I'm really excited to see how she helps as a learning engineer with their curriculum and how she can bring her research into to what she's going to create. Another researcher that I like to follow, she doesn't do as much with gender stereotypes, but she has a lot with early childhood and programming, is Dr. Marina Bears, and she has a book on coding as a playground. That's what it's called. Yes. And uh, I'm setting up a book study right now with the Circle Educators Group. So if you want to join in our book study, January and February is the two months that we're going to talk about her book, and then we have two more books related to computational thinking and computer science set up for the following months. And anybody can join this? Anybody can join. We'd How love we to have that? you join. So right now we're working on building a website for it, so you're getting a sneak peek. Wow. Yeah, so Circle, <laughs> without the E, and yeah. it's um, it's funded through the an NSF grant in cyber learning. So the site itself takes a lot of the research, and I get to be an educator that blogs about research and classroom practice. So we connect and we have a series of blog posts, but this is a project that we're starting to build, and we're really excited for our book study. We'll make sure we link it in the podcast notes, okay. and then anything future, we, we can also send it out to our audience then, too. Awesome. And I should say, it's a book club. We decided yes. to change the word study to book club. Yeah, that just sounds much better. <laughs> yeah, it's a club. It's a group of people <laughs> who no want to get, to get together. And I think this first time, we're going to try Flipgrid as oh, our tool to nice. connect with each other and share our thoughts. That's, that's a perfect tool. So, Angie, if our audience wants to ask you questions or you, you said your your Twitter, but go ahead and, and say it again so that they can uh, yes. Yes, connect with you. So if you want to connect with me, you can go on Twitter, and I'm at Mrs. Kaltoff, M-R-S-K-A-L-T-H-O-F-F. Nice. Thanks so much, Angie, for joining us today. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to come back and talk Hour of Code. Yes, we'll <laughs> definitely have to have you on in a formal podcast, and then we'll, your wealth of knowledge. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> So welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are here at EdCamp Fusion. Well, it's actually over now. And I wanted to make sure that we brought on some people that helped organize the event and also uh, at least one participant besides myself that actually came to it. And then just kind of talking about what are EdCamps, how do you get one started, and then what are they kind of like? What's the experience like? So why don't we go around the here and then go ahead and introduce ourselves and what our role was as far as the EdCamp Fusion was concerned. So let's start with Scott. All right. Hi. Nice to be here. Um, my name is Scott Schwister, and I was one of the organizers of today's EdCamp. My name is Angie Kaltoff, and I was one of the organizers of today's EdCamp. My name is Chris Turnbull, and I was a participant at today's EdCamp. So I guess the first thing is uh, kind of give us a explanation for those that have never been to an EdCamp. It is kind of intimidating. I think that was one of the first things that someone said up there, I think uh, Kate or 
uh, Ashley was talking about can be an intimidating kind of thing to come to one of these things. Uh, so what is an EdCap in? Yeah, it's meant to be intimidating. Let's okay. get that. No, <laughs> we're just kidding. Um, it's actually it's it's a very large trust building exercise. It's a so an EdCamp is a is a participant driven um, unconference where uh, teachers or whoever get together and talk about um, have conversations uh, where they might pursue a question, they might share resources um, based on topics that they generate um, together at the beginning of the day. The neat thing about it is that you get out of the day what you put into it. So you come with a topic or something you want to learn about, and if you propose that, then you go off into a space with other people and you talk about that. And there's the law of two feet. So if the conversation goes a different direction and that's not what you need, you're free to get up and move to a different topic. And because it's called out at the beginning, the law of two feet, and it's it's meant to not hurt anyone's feelings, but to let you get what you need, it's the law of two feet. So you're free to do what you need. So Chris, you were a participant in this like I was. Um, and you've probably been to other ad camps before. I have. Yeah. What's what's the power in them? Because I, I see them as just super powerful, condensed, compact learning. But what's the power? Why would you attend an ad camp? I think it's a really great opportunity to be able to network and get together with other people who have similar interests to you, but also to be able to hear multiple per, multiple perspectives or um, perspectives from other districts who are trying things too. So it's kind of unique in that you have the opportunity to network with other people in diverse situations, but you're all interested maybe in the same thing. And so you can draw from each other's learnings and and find out maybe resources or things that you haven't tried yet. Yeah. No, and I, I was thinking about just the diversity of the sessions with just our limited number of people. And hopefully that sound in the background doesn't go through. <laughs> um, but just the, those, there was such a diversity of sessions. They didn't all have to do with tech. That was, I thought that was powerful too. That was said right away from the beginning. This can be about teaching and learning, classroom management. It could even be about, uh, I think social or sorry, mental health. Yeah. You know, that was an, uh, that was one of the sessions there too. So if someone wants to actually get an ed camp started, how do we do that, Angie and Scott? Yeah, so I help plan Ed Camp Mid Min, and we chose our name because we're in Central Minnesota, and that's where we're we're sticking to our Ed Camp being there. But anyone's welcome to come. And a group of teachers got together, and we decided we like talking to each other about what we're learning, and we want to create an opportunity for others to join in. So we went to the Ed Camp website. The foundation has resources for you, so you can get an Ed Camp in a box to help you get started. They also have a, a page of all of the ed camps that are happening, so you can go to another one and learn, and you can put yours on their website so other people can find your resources. And what kind of advice would you give to people trying to start one of these, uh, Scott? I mean, like, as an organizer, what, what would you say to them? I sort of think about it as it's almost like a community in a box. You're sort of creating, it's like a pop-up, you know, experience where you're you're inviting people in to talk around um, either a, a theme that you have created by how you've established your ed camp, um, or maybe it's sort of geographically related. But somehow there's something that's going to draw people into that day. And um, so I think really paying attention to, to, to how you invite people in and how you sort of make, make sure you create that space so that it's inviting and so that it opens up conversations, that's important. Um, I think the other thing that I would throw out there is – 
is it doesn't have to be um, a full day. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to sort of fit a, a certain mold. I, I've seen sort of the EdCamp approach being used in a much smaller, um, more humble way and, and being maybe part of a larger day of, of learning as, just as a way to create a different option. Yes. And so I think there's a lot of power there in terms of like using the approach without necessarily labeling it as an EdCamp. EdCamp itself. Yeah. Sometimes like an unconference. Like an that's unconference. What, that's what you can call it instead of an EdCamp. And our group likes to have fun with our advertising. So if you go on YouTube and you search EdCamp Midman, you'll find some <laughs> um, advertising videos yes. we've made based on the Spice Girls song or Carpool Karaoke. So our goal is to have fun with it. Yes. Um, so as a participant, Chris, today, in today's at, uh, at camp, what kind of big takeaway did you have? Because that's what I find about coming to these is that I can name five things. I was like, oh, either a person that I never had been able to connect with uh, or a specific idea that someone gave or a specific resource. What, what was a takeaway that you had today? Yeah, I think, as you said, the ability to um, meet new people in an informal situation like this um, and then just tapping into the resources that we each have for that common good of the group. And it, it may be that we each have a resource that um, someone else doesn't know existed. It's new. We've got a connection somehow with a developer of something or we've been exploring it through our own district's initiative. So just that ability to share all of those for the good of the group and then knowing that those session notes often get shared out as well beyond the group who's attending today. Awesome. So I want to thank Angie, Scott, and Chris. Thank you guys so much for sticking around for the podcast and uh, hopefully see you guys soon at another EdCamp. <laughs>